Good morning, Dads. Good morning. How are you today? A little harried, but good. <laughs> I hope that's not on my part. I didn't do anything to you. No, no, oh, it's okay. just, you know. Mm. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. Well, welcome. This is going to be episode two of Imported Baggage, the podcast. And today's episode is Ignorant Reading. Yes. Yeah. So last episode, we discussed a lot about uh, the dog and the whole dog situation and, and how that led to your reading of the Quran and how that, that uh, propelled. It was actually a two-generation type conversation. Um, yeah. So today, we wanted to talk a little bit more about, you know, your, we wanted to delve a little bit more into the actual readings itself and what that took and, you know, what, 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 it, what other than the readings, what else was going on in your life as far as that type of stuff was concerned. And we'll, we'll wrap it all up in a nice little bow at the end and, you know. Like we do. Yeah, you know how we do. All right. <laughs> so um, talk to me about some of the, the, the pressures of, of being a young Muslim woman and growing up in Miami? Well, I mean, Miami's the land of the naked people because it's hot, because it's five steps from the sun, because you can cook an egg on your car, you can break a sweat, check in your mail. Um, so Hairstyles don't exist. Bro, the 80s were hard. I don't understand. I couldn't get my hair to stand up in those bangs. All the Aquanet in the world and my hair was like, mm, no, do you know no. how 100% humidity? No, not happening. Um, but we, it, my father was very concerned with being a good American. And so came to the States in 68. They, um, he taught at the University of Hawaii. I could have been from Hawaii. Not that I wouldn't have regretted not meeting you, but bro, I could have been from Hawaii. Man. <laughs> <laughs> understood, understood. I get it. I get but it. he taught at the University of Hawaii and then went back to Pakistan and then came to Florida. How you leave Hawaii for a swamp? Hey. But okay, whatever. Um, and so he wanted to fit in. He wanted to be a good American. He wanted to, he, uh, when he, um, brought my mom over. So he came over for work to Hawaii and then he brought my mom over and he made her learn how to cook Thanksgiving dinner. He made her learn, um, all the holidays and, and all of that. And so, uh, you know, he comes to Miami, he becomes a Dolphins fan. And then he also becomes a Cowboys fan because that's America's team and, you know, all of that stuff. So in all of that, we didn't get a lot of Muslim religious training because that's not where his focus was. His focus was, you know, fit in, don't be other. Right. Um, and so I didn't get um, religious training from him. I never saw him pray. Um, he didn't fast. Um, his reason for not fasting is because he worked outside um, in the sun all day, which I get not not taking that away from you. It's hot and so you can't drink water when you're even, fasting. Even during Ramadan, he didn't fast during Ramadan? Oh, nope. Okay. I never saw him fast. Um, so we didn't learn prayer. We didn't learn the proper prayer. Um, and then he, so when my parents started to split up and then 
we left him, then we came back and he left us. And, um, my mom was like, you need God. So when all the questions were happening of why is this happening to us and our family was not really on our side, um, we were being ostracized by the community. It was the first divorce in the Pakistani community in like all of Florida to hear people tell it. Um, so mom was like, you need God. And I'm like, how? I don't have a relation. God who? Like, you know, it was, there was abuse in my household from the age of three. So me and God, not so tight. And so she's like, well, you need to, you need to read the Quran. Like she kind of got it in her head that like, this was her flag that she was going to save her kids. So she took um, my sister and I, I'm 12, my sister's 16. And we go to this lady's house, um, just some random lady off of Miller (laughs) and um, who spoke Urdu, but also could read and write Arabic. And mom asked her to teach us how to read the Quran in Arabic. So this was not a course in learning how to speak Arabic. So it's like, you know how the, how the English alphabet and the Spanish alphabet are very similar right? When you look at them, the letters. Right. So it's it's very similar between the Urdu alphabet and the Arabic alphabet. So um, somewhere along the line, even with Daddy Home, we had been taught the Urdu alphabet. Um, but it was more in that show pony, look, I'm, I'm teaching my American kids things about our culture, you know, like at at a party, you know, like at a party, Nadia say say the Urdu alphabet. And I'm like, Oh, okay. (laughs) And then I had to wear fake leather jackets and dance to Billie Jean. It was a thing. So, um, I had a glove anyways, wrong story. So, um, we go to this lady's house and we start learning Arabic to only to read the Quran. So it's like, Every, you know, every chapter opens with Bismillah Rahman Rahim, and I could read Bismillah, but I didn't know what I was saying. Mm. So it's like C-A-T spells cat and having no idea what a cat is, anything. It's just, and then she would really write us on our pronunciation. I pronounced or did pronounced Arabic excellently. And she's like, oh my God, your cadence and your pronunciation is so good. And I'm like, that's great. You have to tell me because I don't know what I'm saying. So the um, the Quran is 114 surahs. Um, and then somebody, some brown OCD person took it and broke it down into 30 even, even chapters, kind of even. Mm-hmm. So it ends up breaking the surahs sometimes um, just to have even chapters, even chapters. Right. So um, so there are 30 surahs. And so we would read as much as we could and she would mark it. And then and then the particular um, set that she has. So you buy a set of the Quran and it's 30 itty bitty little mini books. Mm -hmm. And so then she would write in there like where we were that particular date, note the date and whatever. I had absolutely no attachment to what I was reading. I had no idea what I was reading. And then I would come home and mom's like, oh, don't you feel better? But what? Like, I didn't, what I learned. 
I learned that this lady's house smells like curry all the time and she spittles when she yells at me, but I don't, what did I learn? And, and I resented the entire thing because that was another problem. Mom let us wear shorts to school cause it's hot, but then we had to go home, put on a long sleeve shirt and jeans and grab a dupatta to cover our hair and then go to this lady's house, fry while we're reading because you know she didn't turn the ace she's brown hey you know from pakistan she's like it's not hot and i'm like it's hot and so dying in my jeans and my long sleeve shirt and then coming home and then like take it and i'm like please god i need to breathe and so it's i'm i'm lost in the sweat dripping down my back and totally not focused on what i'm reading that wasn't compelling at all but then we finished and mom had her my kids read the quran we started getting divorced and to help my kids they read the quran and we're like whoop de fucking do like who cares so that's the first time i read the quran um and then so yeah i was 12 12 13 we finished there's supposed to be a ceremony called an amin which i guess is similar to a bar mitzvah a bar mitzvah is when you bar turn mitzvah thirteen. Or a bat mitzvah, yes, both. right. But you're supposed to have finished reading the Torah when mm-hmm. you have. Okay, so it's similar to that. Um, we didn't have an amin ceremony um, because literally, like, my family wouldn't have shown up for it at that point because they were not talking to us or dealing with us really, um, not in any public way. They called my mom, mm-hmm. but like they didn't see us. It was it was covert support. <laughs> it was on the DL support. The undercover family. You know exactly. I love you. you. know I love you, right, baby? I can't exactly. see nobody else, but we got you. It. See me. <laughs> if you see me on the street, just walk on by. But yeah. I love you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, God, it's so, reminding me of a song. But anyways, so uh, several songs came to my mind a minute ago. <laughs> you know, um, so. So reading the Quran for you for the first time at 12, 13 years old, what was the impact of that for you? Like, was there an impact? What, what, what did that mean to you? It actually further, it, it made the gap between me and God bigger. Because if all you want... What your mom really wants. Oh, absolutely. Because if it satisfies you or it checks some box for you that I read it, and I don't know what I'm saying and I don't have any attachment to the text and you're still happy about it. That still makes you happy that I did something that makes no sense to me. Right. Why? No, I don't understand that at all. And that's what I don't understand about even now the prayer five times a day is in Arabic and I've memorized it and I've since done it and all of those things in in (laughs) many years since I read the Quran the first time, but I don't know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I've gone and I've looked and read it and been like, okay, I'm comfortable saying that, you know, but I, I always envied Christianity and my friends who could go to church, but I know there was a change between when mass was done in Latin and when mass was done in English. Like that was a conscious decision. It was the right one. Because your people should be able to understand what, what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And then 
that that issue also comes up in the Quran when when God says the reason I picked Muhammad, the reason I tapped Muhammad for the job is because he's Arabic and Arabic people are only going to listen to Arabic people because they speak the language. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, 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 con- it, it did damage. It was damaging. So let's shift gears a little bit. What was the extracurricular life like? What was their dating? Were there, what were their relationships? <laughs> like, what was, what was, okay. So I was told. Um, that when I got older, um, they would find a nice husband for me. They would find a nice husband for you. Yes. Uh, we were at the point at that time, um, girls were being given options. So like, you'd get like four or five guys to pick from, you get to pick. So it wasn't like completely picked for you. So we'll find nice guys for you. And at this point, we was my mother and my brother because my dad left and my brother just kind of assumed that role. Mm-hmm. Um, so I refer to them as my parents. Um, we'll, we'll find nice guys for you and then you pick one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, well, considering I'm lying to y'all about who I am, mm-hmm. there's no way y'all are going to pick the right guy for me. So I just started lying and sneaking on the side i was i was dating on the dl (laughs) which i learned from my family (laughs) (laughs) so talk to me a little bit about that the dating on the dl what was that side life like that you know hey yo man you trying to get me in trouble (laughs) um you're 40 some years old now you still worried about that no i'm worried about my kids (laughs) um I mean, it was, you know, going to my friend's house and asking her if he could meet me there and a lot of talking on the phone. I mean, we couldn't text, right? I'm on the phone in the kitchen and trying to set shit up and using code names. And <laughs> it, was, it was bad. The cow jumped over the moon. <laughs> no, no. I mean, my friends were all Hispanic, right? So, I mean, all predominantly Hispanic. And so everybody wow, this is like stereotype after stereotype, my God, but everybody had a large family. (laughs) Wow, it's so right that this episode starts with ignorant. (laughs) Um, And so, um, yeah, we we made up a cousin. So her cousin, whatever name we gave him, Ignacio or something, um, is Ignacio, can you call Ignacio and tell him to be there? And so my mom's like, who's Ignacio? And I'm like, oh, that's her cousin. And we have such a good time like hanging out or where her parents are there. And she's like, oh, it's the cousin. And I don't know why that made it better. I don't know like what my mom was hanging on to, um, to try to make herself feel better. She was exhausted, single mother, starting her own business, trying to make ends meet, all of that. I, I took advantage of, you know, that. Um, and then I'd get there and then like Ignacio, whoever he was, um, would be there and we'd go for a walk and, you know, whatever. That's nice. That's, That's nice. nice. You don't want to reveal Ignacio's real name today? No. No, <laughs> no we're good. Not, not coming out of the closet today? No. 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 We don't want to give him that much credit. <laughs> we're okay not knowing him anymore. That's all right. 
<laughs> but your friends were your friends were your deep cover operatives that were working with you. Oh yeah, they used to sneak me mini skirts. My friend used to bring a mini skirt to school, and I would change at school so I could wear a mini skirt. So I was wearing something appropriate, leaving the house, and then I'd get to school to hey, you know, <laughs> this is the thing. You told me the answer was no, right? My family tells me the answer is no. I'm gonna start lying right away. Why gotta wait? <laughs> I don't understand. You can't you can't wear skirts uh, as soon as you get your period. You can't talk on the phone with boys and then you can't date. Well, guess what I'm going to do? Because it's a, a lot of my friends were told that they would be able to date when they turned 18 with supervision. But they at least had this like little ray of hope. I had none. I had these motherfuckers going and finding somebody for me, which was not going to be right. So they were fighting on me on my watching football. They were fighting with me on, you know, singing and dancing. And they were fighting with me on everything else. They were going to find me some straight laced five time a day, you know, I, I, Pakistani, mm-hmm. Pakistani, which let's not even get into whether I'm attracted to Pakistanis or not, because no. <laughs> so it, it, I knew I wasn't attracted to brown men from the giddy up. And they were like, we're going to find somebody for you. And I'm like, well, shit, he's going to be brown and I'm going to say no. And we have problems. So it was all on me from, yeah, from puberty. That's another episode I just thought of. We're going to talk about your your non-attraction to brown men. So during your life, how many times have you read the Quran? One, two, three. Three. Three? Three to completion. And how has that changed your life in any way? I mean, after the the Arabic debacle, um, I, I got into high school and, you know, in high school, everybody plays with witchcraft. So okay. I decided I was I was Wiccan. Right. And I wore the pentacle and everything. And my mom's like, why are you doing this? You you have a relationship with God. I made sure of it. And I was like, no, you made sure I read a book I didn't understand. So good on you, but no, there's no relationship there. And, and, you know, she was like, you're right. You know, you didn't understand what you were saying. And I was like, thank you. And she's like, okay, go to your brother's house every Sunday for an hour, as if you're going to church and read the Quran in English. And I'm like, can can I not? <laughs> Why? Um, so yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I really should have just taken the pentacle off and been like, I'll just put this on at school, like <laughs> everything else. Um, but no, I went, my brother was at this point married and in, in an apartment with his wife and who was not. Marry, did he marry a Muslim woman? He did not marry a Pakistani Muslim. He married an Aruban hottie toddy. She was pretty and she could cook. And I was like, I'm sold. <laughs> so knows the weight of your heart is. Hey, I you think it's just men? <laughs> Shit. And after all these years of being a mother, let somebody cook a meal for me. I would be over the what you want. You tell me what you want. Lock that door. What'd you make for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> it's not just men. Uh yeah. Anyways, so that was one thing was that I was going to their house and she'd feed me. So I was like, I was like the wretched and the poor. I'm like, feed me. So I get this book who I don't even know who wrote 
this version, this translation, I, <laughs> I got it out of my life as soon as possible because it was awful. Um, the grammar was awful, which of course draws you out of the book, right? Um, and then like it had three columns. So it was the Arabic writing in Arabic. Then it was the Arabic transliteration so that you knew how to pronounce the Arabic, which I didn't need because I can pronounce Arabic. And then the column of it in English translated. Awful. And then it was like, they tried to make it small. And so it's like this tissue thin paper and then like whatever typewriter they used, it bled. And then there were like all these weird, and I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't. But anyways, so I would open the book and I had to do an hour and they sat me in the living room on the couch where they could keep an eye on me. And he did whatever she was going to do when she was in the kitchen. And I was like, Lord, I am just doing this for the food. Get me to the food. And I'd open the book and just like, I just start nodding off. Like one time he came and shook my knee and he's like, wake up. And I'm like, but God, yeah, God. <laughs> um, it was bad. I got through it because I found myself recognizing names. Like Moses is in the Quran airware. Mm-hmm. Moses and Pharaoh. Don't forget Moses and Pharaoh. Remember Pharaoh? Remember what we did to Pharaoh? Oh, remember Pharaoh? Remember Pharaoh? I'm like, I remember Pharaoh. Can you calm down? Um, Pharaoh, Moses, Lot, um, Sodom, Gomorrah, Jesus, Abraham, Isaac, Ishmael, like all of these people are in there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I I know these names. I hear about these people. I mean, I was a nerd in school, right? And taking honors in AP classes. So whenever you study the classics, you're essentially studying Christianity. So it was... I knew all this stuff and I was like, oh, look at us. We're the same people. And that was kind of upsetting because then everybody's like, you know, us Muslims versus them Christians. And I was like, wait, but Jesus is in both books. (laughs) He's a recurring character. (laughs) Why are you mad? Why can't we celebrate Christmas? Oh, that was one thing. That's the first thing that heifer took away when my dad left. She's like, we're Muslim. We don't celebrate Christmas. And so I'm like, but Jesus is one of our prophets. Christmas is on. No. 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 So wrong. She just took it away. And then I had to go to school and people were like, what'd you get for Christmas? Nothing. I'm a loser. Everybody else talking about what they got and what they did. Shit. Okay, so we're going to move right. on from that memory, yeah. Um, <laughs> is there anything in the Quran that you found that you liked? Yeah, that. so the second surah um, is kind of like the cliffs notes of the entire religion in my mind. And they were like, if the father dies, the sister gets property, like the daughter gets property. And I was like, wait up. That's not my understanding. My understanding of Islam was very much based in the American frame of the understanding of Islam. So like me and my friends would get together and be like, oh my God, them people in Saudi Arabia is crazy. And then they'd all look at me and I'm like, I'm not Arab. (laughs) You know, I can be on this bandwagon. It's all right, make some room for me. I'm with you, you know? So, So when I'm reading it and like, it also says that the woman has the right to initiate divorce and divorce was 
huge looming so large in our lives at that point because my parents were getting divorced and the family my father's family was like we consider you dead so I lost half my family just woke up one day and they were gone um and so I read divorce and it says it says a man can divorce a man and woman can divorce three times and then before they get remarried the fourth time, she has to marry somebody else and divorce him before she comes. I'm telling you, it says that. And I'm like, they had like jungle fever. They were hot. <laughs> somebody needed to invent a TV and an air conditioning because they was just bed hopping. And instead of letting people date, they let people get married. And then between marriages, she had to wait four months because, you know, we had to see if there were any fruits of that marriage. Mm. That was it. And I go home and I'm like, mom, mom, the Quran allows divorce. She's like, I know the Quran allows divorce. And I was like, what's wrong with everybody? She's like, they're stupid. And I was like, oh, okay, well then there it is. <laughs> you know, if that's, if that's what it is, then that's what it is. So, so you found, did you find women empowerment in the Quran? Did you find ways that the Quran actually protected and, and upheld women where- I just women. liked not being property. I was a fan of that. I was a fan of having some rights and not being property. Be. Yeah, I can see how that yeah. would be, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, it really stopped for me there. It's like knowing, I don't know, it's like, I don't know if you go to the bookstore and you crack open calculus book and you're like, wow, look, math keeps going. And then you close it and you put it back on the shelf and you're like, and eh, not for me right now. You know, so I knew there was more there. I knew I had not been trained or taught in any way. I got mad at the women in my life for not bringing this up, like the lady that taught us. Why didn't she tell us? But all it, all she kept repeating was, you got to be afraid of God. You got to be afraid of God. And I was like, listen, I've been beaten since the age of three. My parents are divorced. My family's ostracized me. I'm hot and melting in your house. Afraid of what? What's he got left? You know, what's he going to do? I got horrible hair and acne and, you know, like, what? Come at me, bro. Like, what do you want? So it, it, it felt that way. I understand that's a child's reaction of, you know, when you know you're going to get beat up, then you're like, you bring the fight on, you know, to get it over with. So it felt like that. But I didn't know. I had no elite. I felt like he I felt like God abandoned me from the beginning. So it was all right for me to abandon him back. You turn your back on the person who turned their back on you instead of dealing with it, which I didn't deal with until many years later. How do you feel about that now? I feel like I was a child and didn't know what I was doing. And there was so much pain and so much going on with the family anyways, that God was just collateral damage. What about your daughters? What's their relationship with the Quran and what's their relationship with God? And, and how are you focusing So there was, a, I wrote a story one time called The Unwitting Spokesperson um, that I got published for a second in some online magazine. And it was about how, I can't help but carry this face and people associate this face with Islam. And so they asked me questions and I was at Dave and Buster's trying to play a video game and some kid tapped me on the shoulder. This was right after 9-11 and tapped me on the shoulder. And he's like, do they really teach you to hate us? And I was like, can I, I'm trying to play a game. Like, 
okay, let's have a, let's have a religious philosophy session right now. And so I started talking to him and I was like, no, we're all people of the same God. The Quran says that Muslim Christians and Jews are all believers together. And, and he's like, see, they don't teach us that in school. So my girls have the same experience when Trump was elected. My daughter was on a school bus. She was in fourth grade and came home crying that we were going to get sent back to Pakistan because there was a Muslim ban and the Muslims are going to be rounded up and they were going to be put in concentration camps. And her saving grace was my, my dad's white. And like, they're not. And, but she's like, but he's from Canada. What if they take everybody who's not born here? And I was like, listen, I was born here. You're all right. But she can't help it. She's colored like me. The little one is colored like him. Nobody says anything to her. So they have to have some knowledge because it's coming. The questions are coming. You're a representative, whether you want to be or not, whether I swear up and down that I'm not Muslim anymore or that I'm faithful, but not religious. People are going to look at me, especially if I'm in Shavarkamis or have my hair covered in any way whatsoever. That There, there goes a Muslim. So it, how do you teach your girls to deal with with that instant? I don't want to call it instant prejudice, but instant ignorance, that instant, you know, type of you've gone through it. You understood it. Your friends, you know, snuck you Western clothes or whatever the case may be kind of situation. How are your kids? How are you preparing your kids for this? This obvious, you know. So we talk about how to respond like. um Having so I, I give them the the Trump cards. I wish there was another way. He's ruined that phrase. Um, but to 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 um, what's the word? Um, the one up cards. Yeah, like to take the heat out of the situation. Yeah, the one up phrases. Yeah. So you know the Quran considers Jesus one of our prophets. Um, women are allowed to initiate divorce. Women are allowed to own property. Um, it doesn't say to go around killing Christians. Um, we'll have to talk about that at some later point or whatever, but the Quran's whole treatment of war and violence. Um, so, and then I taught them about the crusades because the, the problem was ISIS and I was like, yeah, Christians have killed people in the name of God, too. Like, leaving out the KKK, I went all the way back. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, there was this period of time. Yeah, there was this period of time when Christians just went around killing everybody who didn't believe the way that they did. Not that that makes terrorism right, but let's have a little perspective that we didn't invent or Muslims didn't invent contemporary Muslims didn't invent killing people for religious reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, that's gotten her by. So it's the older one that's really had to deal with it. The little one hasn't had anything yet. Plus she hasn't been in school for that long, but um, the older one has her, her tools mm -hmm. to get out of the situation, to disarm, that's the word, to disarm the other side so that they take a step back, right? Because it's a challenge of Muslims and Islam and they come at you. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I've been dealing with that for forever. When I, when I was in elementary school, my neighborhood was predominantly African-American. And so when they got mad at me, they called me cracker. 
and then called me crack hello and then when i moved in middle school to a predominantly hispanic neighborhood they called me muhammad because you can't call me cracker hispanic you and i the same color so you ain't got that card to play so then they went to well they called me muhammad and i'm like all right well at least we've kind of upped this a little bit <laughs> but it's 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 the same thing, right? I've, I've been challenged and had to explain, even though I don't believe it, even though it doesn't make my heart sing, I still have to. So do you feel you're breaking tradition in any way? You're breaking, like when you, your kids are being brought up to, you know, with the ability to disarm situations and things of that nature, but are they getting the full, <laughs> you must read the Quran three times. You must read the, you know, you must understand no, all of this. They, Do you feel you're breaking tradition in any way, shape or form? Or how, how are you? I'm so focused on breaking the training that women get from society that I haven't really, God's part of that, but God's not the focus. The focus in my house is feminism and not seeing yourself as a commodity, not looking at your body as something that is going to be judged and used to sell stuff that you're not property in American eyes, either um, your value, your ability to be assertive, your ability to be aggressive, um, current laws, current lawmakers. Trump was hard on families with daughters. Um, And so That's where my focus is. And in there, God comes up, like, how could he let that happen? Um, How do we have the strength to fight this? And when it comes to inner strength, then we talk about the soul and we talk about faith and we talk about energy and we talk about all these religions are trying to get you to be a good person. The message is the same between the Torah and the Bible and the Quran. And so I teach them that here's what we all have in common. And if you want to focus on our differences, you're welcome to do that when you get older and start reading things. But as long as you're here with me, we are only going to focus on what we have in common and how we all belong to each other. So do you consider yourself Muslim? No, I consider myself faithful. Explain that. So being a believer is doing good works, believing in one God, um, paying a poor due. And there's something else. We'll, we'll get into that. I don't believe in one God as much as I believe there's one energy between all of us. You could say I believe in the force. <laughs> Um, but I mean, what is Star Wars besides a religious conversation? But, um, I don't believe in the structure. Glennon Doyle wrote in Untamed that we are water and we pour ourselves into these glasses to be able to be easily understood. Mm -hmm. Religion is a glass that you pour yourself into so that people know what you're about and can easily identify you. I'm not pouring myself in a glass, not the Pakistani one, not the Muslim one, um, not the single mother, that whole stereotype, no. No descriptors. 
Not really. No, you're just going to have to get to know me. Sorry. You know who else said that? Who? Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee? Oh, there you go. He said, be water. Be formless. be Be shaped by your own. Don't be the shape that, don't confine to a shape that's given to you. Be your own shape. Water is a powerful force. Water can create canyons and break mountains and so on and so forth. Be what? And to be fair, my concept of not fitting into a glass is 100% against the immigrant mentality when they come here. So here my parents are coming here and they're like, which glass would you like for me to fit in? Look, I am married. I am, I watch football. I drink beer. I look, look, I am American. See, I am American. But when you realize that you're never going to be seen as American, I don't have to. Mm -hmm. Look at me all free and shit. Like I just, I, it's not going to work. I saw him try and fail. I saw being an equal among my colleagues and being American in my office workplace. And then on 9-11, my supervisor walked past my desk to the Caucasian person that I work with and said, as an American, how do you feel about what's happening? And I was like, um, blue passport. Hello. But no. And then they also looking at me sideways and I'm like, not Arab, (laughs) but it doesn't matter when, when they decide this is your label, you can't do anything about it. Well, then y'all put your labels on me. I'm not going to, I'm certainly not going to make this easier on you. (laughs) Nope. So let's wrap this up and let's, let's, I'll leave you with this. I'll leave you with, what do you want people to hear? from this episode? What's the one takeaway you want them to have from your experiences? So the tradition of having the children read the religious text by a certain age so that you can have the party is doing more damage than good. And also sending them somewhere because you don't know diminishes you in their eyes. The fact that I had to go to this lady who was not impressive, let's just put it that way. I wanted my mom, I wanted my mom to tell me what the Quran meant and what these things meant because I was her kid. Not that I'm against Sunday school and I understand people don't have a lot of time, but even just the circle back around to say, what did you learn today? It's important. Faith is so fundamental and it's so hard to ask a child to believe in something they can't see, they can't feel, they don't have examples of that everybody else argues about, that everybody has their own take on. And to send them somewhere else to get that without you. And then in a language that they don't understand, it's just, it's a waste. It's a waste of a teaching moment. It's a waste of, com- of bonding between parents and child. It's, it's definitely a wasted bonding opportunity. It's a waste of you getting to know me. Mm-hmm. I had questions. I had thoughts. I might have made you think, like, let's talk about this. And that's why I guess I have the luxury of doing that with my children because I 
I wanted those things. And so when they have questions, I'm, I'm at a whiteboard and we talk about it and beat the crap out of it until their eyes are crossing and they're like, okay, we got it. Please stop talking. We need food, you know, whatever it is. But, um, you know, you asked, (laughs) I don't know. I haven't stopped comparing and contrasting and answering in five paragraph answers since high school. I'm still trying to get an A. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to close this episode and I'm going to say thank you for your insight. Thank you for everything you bring to the table and we'll, see what the next episode brings um and uh we'll close it out we'll give you one re- one one moment to say bye nadi bye nadi <laughs> talk to you later okay bye music for this podcast brought to you by bensound.com Thank you for listening today. Hey, be a part of the podcast, our movement. Follow us on Instagram at High Octane Media ENT or on Facebook at High Octane Media and Entertainment. You can also find us on YouTube at, yep, you guessed it, High Octane Media and Entertainment. If you want to leave a comment or have a show idea, use one of the socials. Or if you really can't get enough of us and you want to join us for one of our live shows, Find us at highoctane.business forward slash media dash events. Thank you for bringing us into your lives and sharing in ours. Take care and come back again soon.